Hello, my friend. I'm delighted you're spending some of your time with me. I'm Raven. You're listening to Unstruggling, a podcast where we support you with strategies for mental wellness for everyday people and bring some positivity to your day. Are you excited that this is the last episode about personal boundaries? I know, I broke this way down, very intentionally. Learning to set boundaries has become an increasingly popular topic, for sure, amongst folks in my generation and probably even Gen Z. Now, depending on the spaces you spend time in, especially on social media, there's not enough focus on setting boundaries in healthy ways and how it's possible to set boundaries before they're crossed. You don't have to wait till someone makes you uncomfortable or makes false assumptions about you before you express what your boundaries are. This final episode in this series is about deal breakers or non-negotiable boundaries and how there's different ways to enforce these. Deal breaker doesn't mean cutting off contact with someone entirely, just as setting boundaries doesn't mean that. Non-negotiable boundaries are deal breakers, things that you absolutely must have in order to feel safe and behaviors that you're not going to tolerate in a given relationship. They're usually related to safety issues such as physical violence, emotional abuse, drug or alcohol use, fidelity, and life-threatening health issues. We all need to define or have an understanding of deal-breakers in every relationship. We aren't obligated to tolerate behaviors that put our safety at risk. We also need to be careful not to put too many of our boundaries into this category. Additionally, if a non-negotiable boundary is going to have any value, you have to be willing to follow through on it. Don't send mixed messages, put yourself in danger, or feed into frustration, resentment, or mistrust by setting non-negotiable boundaries that you don't enforce. Two examples of personal experiences with jailbreakers or limits come to mind. There was a family member I stopped talking to completely because of a history of emotional abuse and dysfunctional communication. One day we got into a big argument, and this family member said to me, <laughs> I don't care if we never speak again. And listen. I am not the right person to say that to if you don't mean it, because I have no problem ending a relationship that's not working out, particularly with people who aren't healthy communicators or at least trying to communicate in healthy ways. I get that everybody didn't figure out communication when I did, but I still expect people to conduct themselves with some decency, treat me with some decency when they are interacting with me, even when we disagree. And the history of dysfunction contributed to my choice to stop speaking to this person. I think I had to show this person that they can't just say whatever they're thinking whenever they feel like it to me without consequence. And this was important because previously this person was in a position where they could when I was a kid and couldn't enforce any consequences for their behavior. I believe I stopped speaking to this person for somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight months. Now I do have a relationship with them, and communication between us has changed for the better. I'm not sure it would have without this break in contact. I don't think this person would have taken me seriously if I would have said to them, if you continue speaking to me in this specific way, we won't speak at all. The second example involves another family member. My oldest sister and I had a disagreement over a safety issue. I've mentioned before on the podcast that I'm a blind person who uses a guide dog. There was a situation where one of my nephews, who was very young at the time, was mistreating my dog. 
He would not respond to requests and commands to stop. I went to my sister about it, and she had a very dismissive response that escalated into her literally screaming at me. This situation was the straw that broke the camel's back in our relationship. There were plenty of previous situations where she'd been dismissive toward me and other people, and examples of her not listening to people on a particular matter if she didn't agree with them. Again, in this situation, I went no contact. Some might call it low contact, because even though I don't have a relationship with her, when we see each other at the occasional family functions I attend, we speak. I don't hate my sister. I'm not going to ignore her when she speaks to me directly. I don't feel the need to necessarily be that distant. Outside of those instances, I don't interact with her. Folks have said to me that I need to get over it. Let it go. Forgive. All the common things that we hear from people who don't understand the importance of setting strict boundaries like this to avoid dysfunctional people or dysfunctional communication, especially after dealing with it for so long. And I will add, when you're trying to figure healthy communication out, and at the time that I set this boundary, I was figuring out healthy communication. And also, it was a struggle for me at the time to tell people in a healthy way when they were being rude or dismissive. In a healthy way doesn't necessarily mean that I was rude. Sometimes it meant I said nothing and sat on my feelings for a long time, which is very hard for, I think, probably anybody to imagine about me now, but that used to be the case. And so I didn't feel safe in any relationship where someone decides, I'm not going to listen to you if we don't agree. I couldn't be in that type of a relationship. I still don't want to be in that type of relationship, even though I am way more assertive in healthy ways now. I also think a lot of people don't recognize what happened between me and my sister as a safety issue. It's one thing to put my safety at risk, and it's another to put my dog's well-being at risk, especially since I get dogs specifically for the purpose of lessening the impact of my disability. So I really cannot afford grace when it comes to my dog's well-being. Because I am disabled, I find it all the more important to have stricter mental and physical boundaries because society tends to dismiss disabled people quite often and not treat us like people. Dealing with this treatment so frequently moves me to exit relationships in which there's a pattern of invalidation. And there's a number of other circumstances that make people or individuals in their care more vulnerable to harm that requires them to set stricter boundaries. I'm thinking of folks who are parents senior citizens, pet owners or service dog handlers, or people who live in certain areas. Those are just some examples. A common issue with going no contact that a lot of people have is the fact that a number of us do this without any notification. We fell out, somebody said something out of pocket. It was offensive, rude, insensitive, or they behaved rather rudely. And after that, no more relationship. And I'll admit that when I go no contact with someone, it's atypical of me to explicitly say to them, do not contact me anymore, or I need some space from this relationship. We can start talking again when I reach out to you. I think the only time I've ever done anything like this is with certain former significant others. I've explicitly said, I don't want to talk to you at all anymore. But typically, I just stand by what I've said several times throughout this series. And I know it's harsh, but I don't owe anybody an explanation, no matter whether they're related to me or not. 
And naturally, I think I'm justified in cutting off folks without an explanation when that person has a history of being invalidating, degrading, putting their feelings before mine, or we have unhealthy conflict on a regular basis. I recognize that even this tendency I have to go no contact without notice in the handful of relationships I have done this in may be a result of coming from a background where dysfunctional communication was what I learned first. This could possibly be something that I need to work on. At present, I don't see it that way. (laughs) I just recognize that it's a possibility. Also, I am aware that there are people who go no contact with someone over a simple disagreement. There's no safety concern or no emotional invalidation. Just, oh, you don't agree with me? Well, we can't talk anymore. You're toxic because you said my favorite song was awful. Or you said my outfit doesn't look good on me. So we're done. And when it comes to setting boundaries, here's the thing. Folks are allowed to be as petty and unaware or mature and self-aware as they want to be. It's painful to watch. It's incredibly inconvenient, depending on who's behaving in this way. And it's heartbreaking sometimes because you wish someone was a mature person or a more mature person, and they just aren't. Unfortunately, you can't make people grow up. You can't make them talk to you. And I don't like to say this, but it might be for the best (laughs) to not talk to someone who's setting boundaries in this way, at least not until they get it together. I want to circle back to what I said earlier about deal breakers being more than just going no contact with someone. Sometimes it simply means creating a level of distance. That might be deciding that someone is better as a friend than a significant other. A relationship is better with someone when you are friends living separately instead of roommates or housemates. A person is more tolerable in small doses, whether that looks like less frequent visits, less frequent phone calls, shorter visits or shorter phone calls, etc. Lastly, it's always possible and okay to revisit and adjust boundaries. Our comfort levels with certain behaviors and certain people and our willingness to be more open or more guarded can change over time. Also, the people we've communicated our boundaries with, they change too. This isn't a matter of being wishy-washy, unclear, or inconsistent. It's about reflecting internally and sharing openly that at one time you set a specific boundary because that was what you were comfortable with. And now you want to talk about how that's changed. I hope you learned something useful from this series. If so, please share the podcast with people you care about or somebody you can't stand. Every download counts. If you have any feedback, email reach out at unstrugglingpodcast.com and hit us up on social media. Thank you for listening. Let's unstruggle together. 